Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are about to listen to the most entertaining and informative wrestling podcast out there. That is not a prediction. It is a spoiler. And this is Kayfabe Critics. Welcome to Kayfabe Critics. Wow. On Missing the Point. I, uh, I am honored to be here as always. The most fun I ever have. Um, honestly when we do shows is when i get to talk about uh the wonderful world of professional wrestling with the two lovely gentlemen uh joining me today i would call you guys both baby faces in the in the uh in in the world of missing the point would you agree with that mike are you more of a heel i feel like ray's probably a like, yeah would you actually call me a baby face or what did you always call I mean, me a dick no, he, he's he's definitely a tweener. He's definitely a tweener. He's not. He's not. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you can turn depending on the subject matter. Um, based yeah. on yeah, yeah. based on our conversations today, I feel like you're going heel on this uh, on this particular podcast. But uh, we're here to do like a little rankings. We we wanted to get together and discuss. I mean, basically the top hundred wrestlers of all time. But really, we don't have time for that. So we decided to whittle it down to t- to to fifteen. And between the three of us today, we're going to make the definitive, missing the point, but also probably considering the quality of our of our product, the definitive list of the best, um, or if you want to think about it as most important wrestlers um, in the history of, of sports entertainment. Um, they're not exclusive to WWF or WWE. They're not exclusive to any era specifically of wrestling. Um, but we are going to outline a few important rules for you just before, just to get this housekeeping out of the way, just before we we kind of go. Um, essentially, we're going to go through, we're going to kind of go around in a circle. I'll go to Mike first, then we'll go to Ray, then we'll go to me. And everyone's going to just sort of declare that number. So when I go to Mike, he's going to say, number 15 is X, right? Then Ray and I have a ch- chance, if we want to, for any reason, maybe we wanted that person higher, maybe we didn't want that person on the list at all. Maybe we wanted a person at 15 that we can't really justify any higher um, or at any number that we can't really justify any higher so we can use a veto. We both have three vetoes. I'll keep track of, of how we use them and I'll keep track of the official list as we go. Um, the criteria that we discussed beforehand on how we're going to kind of argue these different wrestlers fitting this, this top 15 list in no particular order, impact on the business, um, whether that's the promotion that they were in or wrestling as a whole. Um, showmanship, which, you know, is obvious the, the, the high flyers, the, the, the great, the great stunts, the, the, the great performances, technical ability, technical wrestling ability, um, best match. So, you know, obviously you can be elevated if you wouldn't necessarily be in the top 15 of all time, but you were in your head considered in one of the best matches of all time. Um, best rivalry, uh, best rivalries and best involvements in rivalries. I think that we can all agree, um, 99% of great works involve great rivalries. And I think that we need to, uh, we need to sort of include that in the context of the discussion. Um, Impact on your era uh, is going to be a big thing. You know, um, defining different eras of, of uh, professional wrestling is obviously going to move you up the list. Um, And your mic skills. Um, I think that that is an important thing to include on the list as much as it's sort of, I think we yada yada over Mike skills a lot when we're talking about uh, about these wrestlers where it's like he, he had this match with this person. He had this match with this person. You know, he wasn't that great on the mic, but I do think I think that it's important. I think I don't think it's the most important thing, but 
in the context of a lot of these guys that we're about to discuss, they were who they were because of who they were on the mic. They, you know, you love them because of who they were on the mic. So um, as much as the actual performances and the matches are, are important, I think the mic skills uh, should be in there. So I slid that one in there uh, sneakily at the end. Um, not to be confused with showmanship. You know, it's like, yeah, I, in my head, it's sort of a different thing. And I hope everyone sort of understands that. Um, last caveat, I hope everybody at home can understand the rules, but the last caveat is nothing they did outside of professional wrestling can negatively or positive, positively impact their uh, ranking. So inevitably, we're going to talk about The Rock. Uh, it doesn't fucking matter that San Andreas <laughs> made $100 million at the box office. Nobody gives a shit. We're talking about... You there. Oh, yeah. Dude, you did. Yeah. I like that. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're here to talk about his impact <laughs> on professional wrestling and all the criteria uh, we, we just discussed. So I think... Guys, is that clear? Do you think everyone's going to understand that? I think that's basically the kind of outline of the game we're playing here. Um, so if you know, if nobody has anything to add, I'm going to go straight to Mike for your number 15. God, I, I already hate my list, but I believe in it too. That's so. Uh, number 15 is sounds Eddie, like you're talking about fantasy football. Is Eddie Guerrero? Ooh, um, I think Eddie Guerrero is uh, one of the, uh, the like the biggest underachievers in professional wrestling because he should have been a world champion way sooner than he was. Um, I think that by, you know, by the time that he got to beat Brock at no way out in, in 2004 and go on to have that great match with, uh, with Kurt at WrestleMania 20, like he, he, he tragically passed away about a year and a half later. Um, so, but his feuds, like if you talk about show, we'll just go showmanship. If you talk about showmanship, the way that he was able to captivate an audience, whether he was just, uh, in a, in a cruiserweight capacity in WCW from his, I would say his five-star match with Ray at Halloween Havoc to the way he was able to get over in WWE by lying, lying, cheating, and stealing. I mean, that entire gimmick was hysterical. It was great. Um, and he influenced so many people. So I think that his positive impact on the business, like we're still feeling that. Uh, and I, I think you can't have a top 15 without, without Eddie Guerrero. Wow. I mean, let's answer that question right now. Ray, can we have a top 15 without Eddie Guerrero? Are you going to use your veto? Uh, I mean, I had someone different, but I mean, I mean, listen, Eddie Guerrero is is phenomenal. Um, I think I just, at the I, end, I think at the end, we'll read out our top 15 lists. Yeah. Uh, just in case you want to save, like if you think like, fuck it, I'll do it at 14 for this guy. And I'll, you can start to switch it out as okay. you go. But at the end, we'll tell each other what we had for our top 15s, um, but we'll, 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 we'll be spoiler-free at the start. But yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Eddie, Eddie was phenomenal, man. Um, once again, like, like you said, Mike, that, that No Way Out match against Brock Lesnar, I, watch, I still watch that match three to four times a year. Once again, I know the outcome. I know the spots. Like, I just, but it's just like, it, it takes me on a ride every time. And obviously, you know, Michael Cole, who, who was on that call, uh, always asked to that match. So, yeah, um, I I I I think most listening to this when they hear this won't won't disagree. Um, you know, maybe until they hear my who's at my number fifteen or yours, uh, DK. So, uh, but yeah, love 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 Eddie. Can't, I can't argue against Eddie. I I I'm gonna use my veto. And here's the, <laughs> here's here's the thing. I was always going to because I knew you guys weren't gonna have the same fifteen as me, and I want to get these people in. Obviously, uh. Ray, you're still available to veto mine. Since I'm vetoing Mike's, he can't veto me. But you can Great. veto mine if you want. Um, mm -hmm. I feel bad that you picked Eddie Guerrero. I was going to enjoy vetoing your 15 no matter what it was, uh, except <laughs> if you picked 
R.I.P. Eddie Guerrero. I mean, it's a little sad to kick him off the list. But I think for context, and I think because of the conversation around this particular person right now, I'd like to get it in just to continue the conversation um, and maybe a little bit of revisionist history around it. You guys don't have to use your veto for this, but tell me if I can do this because I have sort of two options here. I'd like to have it be the Von Erich family. But if you don't want me to include them as a group, I'll just do Fritz. And I'll tell you why. Um, I'd like the Von Erichs, obviously, were like a big part of wrestling uh, in, in, in their era um, and their tragedy surrounding them as well. I think for the strangely, I mean, I don't know if it's bad luck or if it's just the nature of the sport. I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of tragedy talked about. Uh, you know, we've only already done two. A lot of dead motherfuckers in the Von Erich family. Uh, a potential Oscar winning movie, uh, Iron Claw, coming out about them this year. So, and, you know, it's obviously sort of reignited the conversation around um, the problematic character that was Fritz von Erich. But again, in the context of wrestling, to have been essentially responsible for the WCCW and given guys starts like Jake the Snake Roberts, who might come up, Shawn Michaels, who I know is going to fucking come come up because we have Mike on the show, but I mean, he should yeah, anyway, <laughs> top 15. Um, and, uh, and Ric Flair, you know, guys that guys that come through that we're, we're definitely going to be discussing today and works and storylines and matches that are still legendary today. Um, and, you know, maybe a, a, a classic match might not immediately jump to mind when you talk about Fritz specifically. I think there's a few classic matches when you talk about um, the Von Erichs and the Freebirds in that in yep. that motion. Um, and like, you know, and obviously a very compelling human interest story, like sort of around the whole family anyway. But with Fritz specifically and his his sort of impact and his character developing in that wrestling world, I really think that modern wrestling, um, you know, the 90s, the Attitude Era, I think all that would have been very different if it wasn't for the guys that he put over, the, the characters that he developed, and some of the works that like were repeated and, and, and ripped off for, for decades to come. Um, I'd like to have him on our list just because, as much as he might not have been the nicest guy in the world by all reports, that is a lot of motherfuckers that are going to end up on this list. And I think he had a huge impact that's not talked about enough um, in, in the context of professional wrestling. So, Ray, you're welcome to veto me and put yours on there. If you think it's less deserving than Eddie Guerrero, if you want to put him back on there, I understand. But that's how the game is played. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we, we've come out the gate swinging with with, with legends. Um, and once again, you made a compelling argument, too. Um, you know, so I, I feel like the one who I picked may get vetoed out of out of the three. Uh, so I'll just give my pick now. Uh, mine's a Sting, the icon. Um, I, I think you know with Sting. So Sting, do you want to put him at fourteen? Then is that do you want to move on since you're you have the fourteenth pick? Yeah, yeah. So we yeah we can put okay Sting great. At, yeah. So we we put Sting. At 14. I also so, had Sting at fourteen. So I just wanted to nice. let you know. So that oh, worked oh, out perfect. great. So, for us. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, listen, Sting. Sting was WCW. Um, you think about his matches with Flair. Um, you know, he was a Lone Ranger when, you know, the NWO was trying to get put together. Um, then obviously, you know, he has his, his stint in, in, in WWE, but yeah, he, he was the guy in WWE for a long time. And this is when he was doing the Ultimate Warrior type eight, when he went to the Crow character. 
as as well in, in WCW. So yeah, um, was wasn't someone that was gonna be remembered for his mic work, not at all. Um, but you can't think of kind, of, kind of the point though, right? I mean, the the, the sort of the, the no, entire right, no, right, around his character know, was that, that he didn't talk a lot. Excuse me, I know that matters to some people, but I'm like his 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 quality of work in the ring surpasses anything he would have did on the mic anyways. Um, so I'm I'm glad that we got a chance to grow up in the era where he, he dominated. Because um, like I said, he, he's one of the best I've ever seen. Mike, do you want to veto that? How do you feel? Well, I guess my question would be, if, if I have Sting on my list, but he's higher, would yeah. I veto this? If, you, if it's important for you to have him higher, as opposed to just having him in the top 15, you should veto it and, and mention him when we get to that spot. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and veto it because I think that Sting deserves to be a little bit higher up on the list of, of the top 15. So many more vetoes early than I thought there was going to be. That's yeah, just... and how, we, we get how many each? Two? Three. Oh, three. three. Okay. So right. me and you were right. down to so, two. Ray's got three left. So my 14th. Uh, uh, pick is actually uh, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Wow. Um, and the reason why I think he's number 14 is because I, I think he gets, in, in my opinion, and, and I think a lot of, uh, of the internet and everyone that, that watched the time, when he was at his peak, he wasn't the top guy. He was the guy working with the top guy, right? But he was always, he was always a great worker. His ring psychology was the best. I think, the, I think his character arc is probably one of the best. And all of pro wrestling coming from the uh, like the rich blue blood snob to the degenerate rebel to the corporate backed uh, heel that he carried out so uh, so so often, and then also like if we want to talk about his matches, I think uh, you know his his best match in my opinion uh, that he was ever involved in. Well, there's two of them. There's the No Way Out uh, two out of three falls match with Stone Cold Steve Austin back in 2001. Uh, and then there's the SummerSlam 2002 match with Shawn Michaels. And I would argue that the reason that those matches were so good was because of who he was in there with. Um, I think the his feuds with Shawn, Rock, Austin were also great. But the reason why he, he should be on it, this top 15, because I almost left him out. Uh, but if we talk about his impact of the business is the fact that his, what he's done with NXT and and ushering in this whole new era of, of of wrestlers and you know and sports entertainers in WWE, and the fact that he saved this company from being in a terrible creative standpoint under uh, under Vince, and now he's running everything, and things are getting exponentially better. I don't think he's better on the mic than anyone else on this list, aside from Sting, but he's a better worker than than most. But I don't think like his impact now. Ask me in ten years. Uh, where, where where he goes up, I bet he's going to be in the, my top my top ten just based on what he's done with Creative. So fourteen is Triple H for me. I'm not going to veto that, um, just because it's more important for me to keep my two vetoes that I've left. And I uh, almost had him at fifteen. He he was you know fifteen plus for me, sixteen. Um, definitely because of to your point, like his impact on the business side of things. I have a lot of respect for how he's been able to work in what I can only imagine is a very frustrating situation over the last decade plus um, with, with the Vince McMahon sort of like, you know, just refusing to fucking die. And I just think, <laughs> I, I think, I, I mean, I just think like, I, I think that he has creatively, like you said, um, as well as capitalistically um, moved the business in a lot of really positive directions. 
And I think if he didn't do what he did by, you know, inseminating Stephanie McMahon and then inseminating the the world of uh, world wrestling entertain- entertainment, I, I'm not sure what that business looks like right now and, and or what that promotion looks like right now and therefore the business because, you know, that that's where we are right now. Um, you know, your point about NXT is also a really good one. I don't have any. I mean, as a wrestler, he's just not my favorite. Um, right. I never I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that like a lot of the matches that you immediately think of when you think of Triple H are because of his opponents. And he was very lucky to be in the era that he was in. Because I think if it was him in, in a more dead era, maybe like, you know, if he had to come 10 years before or 10 years after, I don't know if he's able to carry, you know, the promotion in the way that he's able to 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 get involved when he's there. But I I think everything you said is a good point. I have no problem with him being a 14. Ray? Uh, yeah, this is my first veto. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. We're never going to get out of the top bottom. Um, <laughs> I love it. You know, he, he's, he's in my top 10. And it's all for what Mike just talked about, like. His impact on the business, um, and I'm like his two of his best matches. I'm like you didn't you didn't name some of it like uh, the the Royal Rumble match with him and and Foley. That that's wait, got he can't be, be, wait he can't veto it though. I veto his right. pick. No, you're right. You can't, oh, only I can veto Mike. Only I can veto yeah. Mike. Unfortunately, gotcha. Uh, but please do talk shit about his pick. I mean, I was Mike. Mike, listen. Uh, Mick, the Mick Foley match at the Rumble. Like I I, I mean. Uh, we yeah. just talked about we just talked about take the the back to back matches with Taker at WrestleMania twenty seven twenty eight, um, you know the the main event with him seeing an edge at, at twenty two like there, there's so many moments we could go back to triple threat with him, uh, Ben Wall and Sean at twenty like so there, there's there's so many matches that come to mind. Uh, just highlighted my point though is that every match you just mentioned, he he was in the ring with the guy. Are you saying that you think he should be higher, Ray? Yeah, he's he's higher on mine. So gotcha. yeah, he's higher on mine. Gotcha. Yeah, so well, at least he's on the list. Um, he's unfortunately stuck at fourteen because yeah, you can't veto a veto. But um, I I think your point is good. I I do just sort of I tend to you know you guys know my feelings on Triple H. We've talked about him. I I do just sort of tend to agree with Mike that he was elevated by the people that put him over. But um, that's me at thirteen. Then right, I get to pick thirteen. Yep. I think you guys are maybe going to be a little mad that this guy's as low as he is, but we'll see. Uh, my number 13 is John Cena. Um, I'm going to start with the reason I, I feel in both of your eyes right now, I have a veto coming. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I, I feel that he, he obviously deserves to make the top 15. Um, I struggled with putting him as low as he is. Um, I really sort of wanted to put him higher, but as I started to add names, he just sort of kept dropping. That's no insult to John Cena. I think as far as workers in the in the history of the promotion um, and of the sport in general, I think he takes the cake. I think he uh, he's less elevated by his opponents than, say, a Triple H is. But he also did have a lot of great um, uh, rivalries, especially like the very fat ones he had with The Rock. Um, some of the best kind of back and forth uh, microphone stuff of all time. Very unsure if some of it was a work, you know, still to this day. Like, I'm sure you guys maybe have a better uh, instinct or hunch than I do. But I genuinely do think that they had, you know, if not a if not a competitive, you know, a fiercely competitive rivalry IRL, um, a, a really, really good uh, <laughs> work in, in the history of their rivalry. I think that he had some really great matches like Seth Rollins. I think that he had, um, again, it, this doesn't apply to like why he's on the list, but I think that it shows 
how good of uh, of an employee he was, um, how good uh, you know his fo- his career follow ups have been ever since. He's obviously quite self effacing and self aware. Um, I always really liked him, whether he was you know performing as a, a pure white meat baby face and and doing great or one of my favorite heels of all time i think he uh he, he had a ton of personality he came through the organization at exactly the right time for for someone like him and uh he really looked the part you know and i think that what that's what i i like a lot of the guys on my list i realized after the fact are are guys who really really look the part like guys that just you you know you you believe that he can throw this man like across the ring. You can, you believe that he can do this stuff. And he always just looked like he was having fun doing it. You know, like it, he always just looked like he was having an absolute blast, um, uh, do it, doing his job. And from, by all accounts, he's a perfectly uh, nice man. So I really like John Cena. I, I honestly think he might be a little low on my list and it might get vetoed, but that's the reason he's on my top 15. Mike. Yeah. I, right? I, and he's still, I, I have him on the list. Obviously, um, I'm not going to veto you because he's not uh, too much higher on mine than he is oh, yours. Okay, good. Only for the reason uh, because I this there's no knock on him in terms of anything you just mentioned. It's just the people that I have above him are are just better. Agreed. Workers, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I think the, the most admirable thing about Cena is that he was the guy that ran with that company after Rock Austin left like the attitude era was done and he like he was the ruthless aggression her and he was the guy in a time when everyone was trying to make triple h the guy but cena was still the guy that everyone loved and he gets he doesn't get the the props that he deserves as a as a as a worker because he had great matches with uh with randy orton with undertaker with sean michaels with obviously kurt angle uh but also like the Orton stuff was uh, when he did it. That was that was tough because everyone knew that those were like the two top dogs, and no, they were trying to make it Rock Austin. But their Iron Man match was was phenomenally entertaining uh, back in the day. So I love the pick. Great, Ray. Any any issues? Too low. Uh, it, it was too low for me, but I'm gonna save the veto. Um, but it, it, it was too low for me. Just but laid right in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Way, way too low. But uh, yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, it, it, his impact on the business is undeniable. Um, like I say, he was higher for me. Um, once again, he could, I'm like, I, I kind of stopped watching a little bit and then, um, so was the end of the ruthless, ruthless aggression era. And I felt like he kind of, he, he kind of pulled me back in around the, uh, the WrestleMania 28 match between him and the rock. So yeah, I mean, I mean listen, he, um, what, what he's been able to do, whether it's on the mic, whether it's, um, you know, and I mean, once again, yeah, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the greatest matches of, of, of all time. Um, but I do think most would consider him to be in uh that that top five range because of everything all together. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, showmanship while he was wrestling too. You know, I just feel like the 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 acting portion of it while he was, you know, doing moves, not everybody's great at that. It's not it's not something that everyone needs, but it's something you really notice if someone's particularly bad at it or if they're particularly good at it. And I just think like his expressions, like, you know, the way, the way, the guy that he was, the character that he was playing, always coming through when he was doing these like athletic feats, I always, was always just very impressed by. And I have the same experience with the ruthless, ruthless aggression era. Why is it so hard to say? We all, all three of us stumbled over it. Um, somebody should have talked about that in marketing when they were coming up with it. But I, I think that I had the same experience. I feel like John Cena sort of pulled me back in 
Um, especially because of the age we all were when it was like, you know, it, it was a time where we might have lost that that sparkle for the sport. Um, and I think a lot of people have that same same sort of story. Um, that, and honorable mentions of the AJ Styles match. I don't know if anybody brought that up, but I enjoyed that oh, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, phenomenal. Yep. Um, well, all right. I know he was a little low, but I, you know, it just kind of happened that I maybe I did him dirty there. But um, at least we all agree that he's on the top fifteen. Mike, you're up with number twelve. Um, so my number twelve pick. On this list, uh, I have to change it right now because the guy that I have at 13 hasn't been messaged yet. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, uh, uh, number 12. Um, I think in, in the 80s when uh, what it looked like to be a professional wrestler was either, you know, over six foot five. You had to look like you were, you know, on roids and you could lift a house. He didn't do that. He told a story uh, through uh, his promo. And he had great matches, and and like I would say, the one of the most phenomenal uh, feuds with the Four Horsemen and Ric Flair in particular, right? Like that entire hit. He and Ric Flair carried the NWA in the eighties, and the NWA in the eighties was the promotion uh, that was that that was number one. It was no doubt. And you think of all of the uh, the impact that he had in the business in terms of the you know the dusty finish and. Uh, his backstage with in WCW, in WWE, in TNA, and then uh, at, at NXT. His, I mean, again, I'm giving NXT a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of due because it is like the, the next generation. But every single one of them right now still refer to themselves as Dusty's kids, much to a detriment and to the angst of their act- of his actual children. Um, <laughs> so he t- like he took such pride in the business. I think he was a guy that. Yeah, the the son of a plumber and uh, and all of that, like that promo, was he's he's one of he's one of the greatest talkers in the history of the business, and he was able to help teach others how to be good on the microphone. Which once you're good on the mic, the rest you can figure it out. Like if you're a great wrestler but you can't speak, you're like you're you're kind of dead in the water. And he got he he understood that because he wasn't a great wrestler, but he he got them into the building. He could talk them every. He could talk every single person in. So I'm gonna go number twelve, uh, the American Dream. Well, coincidentally, he was also my number twelve. So uh, no <laughs> veto from me. Um, that just makes me feel good that like I'm matching up. Uh, I had a, a same fourteen as Ray and the same twelve as you. So at least uh, I'm the the real wrestling knowledge. I'm at least keeping up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I I can't really add anything to that. Uh, I. In my I in my notes I wrote that on my whole list I think he's the best pure babyface on the entire list. I think that he um, sort of invented how to do it properly. I think that there might be an argument, and maybe Ray will make this. I I don't know, but there might be an argument that if you watch some of his matches now, they're a little dated. I don't know if that's his fault. You know, I mean, you get into the whole sort of like it was Bob Cousy that good situation when when you talk about like the context of eras. I don't know if that has anything to, like. Yeah. For somebody that in order to progress the sport or, or the, 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 the world of sports entertainment, however you want to look at it, you have to have done your best in your era. Right. So I don't know if that if that really takes points off of them. I'm just, you know, pointing out something devil's advocate style. But I I love Dusty Rhodes. I think that he's a he's a, an inspiration and a, a big reason why my favorite wrestler did a lot of the things that he did. Brett the Hitman Hart. But I think that uh, I think that, yeah, like the underdog story, the 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 son of a plumber thing, his advocacy, his 
his his heart of gold essentially i think um is a big part of the reason why he's on this list but like like you said i think that um if you were putting somebody in a room to train them to be a baby face in in wrestling the first thing the first tape you roll is dusty Rhodes. so yep um you know i i agree with you wholeheartedly i got no veto for you yeah i mean we we all had to say adam had the same number like, great like, he was just to be clear he wasn't at my number 12 but you but you skipped my number 13 so i had to put him at 12 got yeah. it got it yeah um amazing though let me let me tell you about hard times daddy hard like, times promo <laughs> daddy, you, you can watch you can watch top, hard top, times. top five promo of all time so you can watch that in 1989, 2009, 2049, and it's still it's still going to make you believe in the American dream. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. We're obviously going to be discussing Ric Flair at some point in the next uh, the next few minutes, but yep. uh, you know, I think he's a big part of the reason why Ric Flair is, is is as high on my list as he is. And I, you know, I'm glad that we're all on the same page about Dusty. I didn't want to have an argument about him. He's too great. Um, Ray, you got number eleven. Do the honors. Um. Well, sticking with American, I'm I'm going with Kurt Angle. Um, Whoa, yeah, Kurt Angle to me. Um, once again, no one picked up the business quicker than he did, as they as they all say. Um, great matches after great match. The first thing I come to mind, I think about the 06 match with him and uh, Taker and No Way Out. Um, I think about uh, the match with him and Brock at WrestleMania 19. Um, yeah, he he, he just always delivered and. Once again, it was was you know definitely definitely had great great comedic timing. Um, he's another one that you think about when it comes to the ruthless aggression uh, era, you know, besides Cena. So yeah, he he carried uh, that era, the rest of the machine. I wish his run was a little bit longer, uh, and and that time with, with with WWE. But yeah, he's he's um to me to me he's, 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 that's a perfect spot for him. Um, but I'm I'm open to hear if he should be higher, lower, whatever. I didn't have him on my list. Uh, to be wow. honest with you, uh, wow. wow, the uh, yeah, I just, I just didn't, and then honestly, it was, I, I figured he would be. I figured you guys would mention him. I figured he'd make it. Um, oh, but it's, it's just sort of a personal preference thing for me. Um, he was just never really my cup of tea. I, I respect all the things that are definitely true about him. He's probably the best athlete that's ever been in, uh, in, in wrestling. Um, I'm a little sick of hearing about the broken neck and the fact it's just the same fucking story. It just got a little singular to oh, me. Oh, 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 it's true, DK. Uh, you know, I, it's it's just and and also, I I think this is going to be controversial, but I just thought his character was a little lazy. Like, it, it's like he was just him. <laughs> it's just like it's just it's just <laughs> it was just who he was. Like, there was no real character. There was no real story. It was just like I was an Olympic wrestler. It's like, all right, I mean. Can you like have can you have died and come back to life or something cool? You know, like, I just I never I just never. And it just got more kind of simplified as as time went on. And I just I do have a ton of respect for his technical wrestling uh, ability. And I think that a lot of the people that made my list are there for the fact that they were great technical wrestlers. I'm I, you know, Mike and I have had this sort of back and forth before about high flyers and technical guys. And I did always prefer the technical guys. But so I probably should like Kurt Angle more than I do. But. I don't know. I, his face always creeped me out, his eyes and his neck. And there was just so many steroids. And I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I know it's controversial. I understand. But I, he's not on my list. I'm not going to veto because the guy I have at 11 is almost certainly going to make it at some point. So I'll just leave it at that. Mike? So if I don't veto this, I can't mention him again, right, on my list? 
Uh, no, he's he's at eleven. If you don't veto it, he's, all, right. He's... all right. So I'm I'm vetoing this. Okay. Okay. So, right. uh, Kurt Angle is is the fastest person to ever pick up the sport of professional wrestling, ever. He came in and to DK's point was cutting uh, like babyface promos because he thought he was going to be cheered and he was booed incessantly for years, and he. He, he was booed by being a babyface, by being an Olympic gold medalist and an Olympic hero. He instantly came in and had, I mean, he put over Taz when Taz came in, which was, uh, which was huge. He made other stars. He made guys like, uh, he, he didn't, obviously, you don't, you don't need to make Stone Cold Steve Austin, but at the time in, in Stone Cold's career, where he was Well, I think known, you do, and I think we all know who did, but like, that's well, fine. But it's, it's not but Kurt it, Angle. But in, like in 1999, when uh, uh, when Austin wasn't having the matches that he was back when he was wrestling Brett in '96 and '97, you know he he had great matches with with Kurt Angle. And then 2001, and I think that you're you're mitigating the impact that he had because you're not talking about the fact that he saved TNA when he left WWE in 2006 and went there. That company was this close to actually uh, competing with them for the ratings and for advertisement for his entire stay there. So he may have not had like the, the rocket impact on WWE, but he saved another wrestling company. And when there's two wrestling companies, it's better for everybody. So I, I'm, I'm vetoing it. He is not at number 11. He's not. The number 11 I, is. I would, I would almost disagree about the fastest guy to ever pick up the sport. I, I think Brock Lesnar no, could maybe get a shout at that. Like, I think he picked it up pretty fucking quickly. Um, and I think that, like, of that type, I would prefer Brock to Kurt. Yeah, Again, but, personally, you know, I mean, I just like, while while Kurt had another broken neck against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19, and Brock Lesnar does a shooting star press and almost breaks his breaks own damn neck. Yeah, he right. gives himself a concussion. He he then went through the rest of that 23 minute match, calling it block, like really hurt and he protected brock the entire time and put him over no and like, like i said great technical wrestler like i i don't think he ever like really hurt anybody i don't you know he's not i don't i don't think that and he could have and, and, and he definitely could have and i think that you know what we're, we're talking about here i mean i this happened sooner than i expected but what we're talking about here is 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 the greats of the sport so we're you know we're splitting hairs like i'm not putting him in in any sort of like Goldberg category or any any sort, you know, I don't have any uh, anything say to say about him detrimentally that really holds any water. It's again just that like I didn't prefer him. I did, I thought the ankle lock was like sort of a stupid uh, thing to be the most famous <laughs> for. But, but also, I'm looking at the rest of my list and I just I can't possibly take anybody else out to to put. Kurt, you Kurt you look at the. I think the only thing that I would say, and not that I had to, I already vetoed it. So he's he's. he's or who he's, are you putting in instead? I, I'm curious. The guy that just when you thought you had all the answers, he changed the questions, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, I thought uh, I think Rowdy Roddy Piper is is one of the only examples, and there are only two examples that I can think of in uh, in all professional wrestling, where the guy didn't need a world title to be considered uh, one of the top guys, and he. He could talk you into the building. He could make you so mad and, and want to hit him. And then he'd beat the hell out of the baby face and he would leave. His, I mean, he was just as much a part of making WrestleMania what it is now uh, by his interactions with Mr. T, right? And then WrestleMania 2, when he uh, when he had him in, the, was, was it the boxing match? <laughs> the fake boxing match or whatever it was in Chicago uh, or New York, where, where, wherever it was that year. It was in three different spots. But I think, 
When you think about it, in the 80s, he was a top heel. In the 90s, he was a top babyface. He was one of the original, uh, uh, you know, I would say the protagonist uh, against uh, the NWO and Hulk Hogan in, in WCW. And he was a guy that he was just himself. He was the most uncharacteristic babyface because he's walking out with his with his kilt, with his bagpipes. Like he was just uh he was recognizable and he did not ever win a world heavyweight championship and he didn't need it ever. Well, I mean, you're the one who told me very definitively when we, we first started doing podcasts together, that winning, and this is, you said this to me in the context of you not thinking Bret Hart is as good as I think Bret Hart is winning doesn't matter. Uh, and that Bret Hart always thought winning mattered. And I think Rowdy Robert Piper is a great example of how your legacy really doesn't is in this particular version of sports entertainment. It is not, impacted by you know if you as as heavily as if you wouldn't win a world title i i'm not going to use a veto on that uh only because i had rowdy rowdy piper higher but not that much higher um he's my personal second favorite wrestler in the history of the sport he i love that he was there to kick ass and chew bubble gum but he was all out of gum i have a huge uh appreciation for him as as an actor in in some great cult films but obviously that's not what we're talking about here um, I'm happy enough to put him at 11. Uh, Ray, I don't know how you feel about about Roddy. I, I mean, I love him, but that's 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 fine. Um, but like I said, once again, that's a legend. I, I, I would not slend Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> he, and again, I mean, talk about looking the part. You know, I, a guy with just a face that was born to go and do what he did for uh, for his career. You know, he looks he looks like if you if you ask somebody to draw a wrestler from the 1980s, <laughs> you know, it's like. He he really looked the part. Um, he had a ton of charisma, uh, like uh, just a, overall a, a wonderful um, human being. It sounds like the business is a sadder place without without his his influence. Um, and, you know, he, I don't think you get Stone Cold, uh, The Rock, Dean Ambrose. I don't think you get guys like that in the versions that you get without uh, Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. So I'm happy enough to have him at 11. I, I had him higher, but um I, I think that's good. I, I can't really spend a veto on that. This might make everybody mad. I'm at number 10, right? That's that's a, what's next. Uh, I got Hulk I Hogan. So. Hulk Hogan at number 10. Is that too low? No, no, I, no. I, I, got, I got him there too. Okay, great. I, I think if we had a maybe done this podcast, uh, started this podcast a decade ago, uh, he might have been higher up on the list. I, I think that I know we're talking about things inside the, the squared circle that that matter inside the business that matter but i do think that he has just fallen down in my estimations and i can't really help that um over the course of the last the last 20 years because of what i learned about like you know what was kind of circulating around the business now in a positive light he was the face of wrestling i think for longer than any other person i i think that if you ask a regular joe walking down the street to name a wrestler there is depending on their age a very good chance that they'll say hulk hogan still to this day um, I think that he was extremely important in showing people in this sport that they could be more than wrestlers, um, that they could they could move into other things. You know, not to say that that just being a wrestler is not perfectly legitimately fine and very, very difficult. But, um, I you know, he was kind of the first brand uh, to, to really sort of break out um, at the level that he did from from professional wrestling, which elevated the business um and and sort of kept people coming back he was i think 
my personal favorite era of his is is the face era of Hulk Hogan, the you know the fucking stay in school kids Hulk Hogan, not the 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 later. Uh, I know you. I think because you guys do prefer the the NWO uh, Hulk Hogan, right? Is that what I glean from listening to this show? You you prefer the the later version, the the sleeveless black t shirt well, headband? I think, I think it it just uh, showed a side of him that none of us thought he had. Right, like Rain. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah. he had just been the all, you know, the, the real American, uh, eat your vitamin, you know, uh, take your vitamins, say your prayers, that type of guy. Yeah, and yeah, when yeah. He came out and spat all over that. Yeah. I mean, he he ignited the business twice. Yeah, I agree. And I think that he, I, him not being the number one guy in that later era, um, I think showed us a, a loyalty to the sport and the company that was admirable. I think that he's probably... As far as company men go with Vince McMahon, I think he's right up there. Uh, and I think that, you know, you don't think so, Mike? I, I think they have a very love-hate relationship. But he I, always stayed pretty, like, you know, he never... Except for when he went to WCW. And, I guess, and, but and, I mean, that's... almost you know, you're put making, us up, you're, WWE you're, out of us, us. <laughs> us. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's fair enough. Um, I, But I do think that, like... You know, him and Vince McMahon are still friends. You know, I, I think that, like, they made a lot of money together uh, in over the years. And I think that, like, or, unless that's not true, are they not still friends? Do they do they hate each other? Did I miss something? So, yeah. So, I think they love each other, right? I think yeah. that's true. But the one thing that Hulk wanted from Vince was uh, back in, like, night because he, he talked to go, he talked to Vince to go back in, in 98, 99. And he said that he, that he wanted shares of WWF. And Vince, never said, give you that. And, and Vince said no. Yeah, and that, 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 that's kind of stuck with, with Hogan since. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I will concede that point. What I will say is, as far as you mentioned The Real American, I do think if we were doing a, a theme song uh, draft, a theme song game show, I would put that firmly at number one. I think it's the best theme song in, in the history of wrestling, Stop. personally. I, I mean, I just do. I, I know you think it's Shawn Michaels, but I just... No, I, no, no. Who, who do you think it is? Stone Cold. Ah, no. Come on. That, gla- that glass? And that, uh, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, it is iconic, but I will say that the, the for me, and I think for a lot of people, the sound of Real American is the sound of wrestling. And I think that I think that's true of a lot of people. I think that the most, maybe not the best match of all time, although maybe you can make the argument, but I think the most iconic match in the history of wrestling is him and Andre the Giant. I think it's, I think that that, that's, that shot, of those two looking at each other is is probably you know one of the first photos you see if you walk into the WWE Hall of Fame. I think it's um, I think he had impact on the business, mic skills, technical skills, um, a great character, an ability to play both sides. Um, and like you said, he changed with the eras, which I don't think a lot of wrestlers were able to do. You know, like I, we've talked a lot about Bret Hart being my fave. And he was not able to do that. You know, like that's the one really big knock on Brett, in my opinion, is that he was he was so rigid in his approach to uh, to who his character was and like how how he represented himself in the sport. And and like you said, Hulk, you thought he was going to be like that, but he he wasn't. So I think, you know, I'm putting him at number 10. Uh, Ray says he has him there, too. Doesn't sound like you're going to veto Mike. Do we want any any last honorable mentions for the Hulkster? It's interesting. I didn't know about all the complicated contentiousness between him and Vince McMahon. I really thought that they were homies. Well, I, I mean, well, like, I mean, like, you can't, yeah, you can't, um, like, 
he literally, like, so once again, he almost put him out of business in WCW. Like, so there, there had to be some type of... I guess, but, like, it doesn't it feel like the WWE's been gone, almost gone out of business 60 fucking times? It's like the thing that won't die. You know what I mean? There's yeah. always an era where it's like, oh, shit, like, what's happening here? Like, what's going on with this? Well, maybe it's not going to work out for Vince this time, but, like, you can't stop the man. You know, he just won't go away. Ask Triple H. Well, yeah, no, but Vince, right, exactly. But no, but Vin, I mean, Vince knew, ultimately knew what draw Hogan was, which is why he, they brought him back in 02. Um, also, yeah, the crowd work. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I, I loved his 02 to 05 run. Yeah. Um, truth be told, that theme he had the second time around, to me, is just as good as the real America theme. A Voodoo Child? Huh? Voodoo Child by Hendrix. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, I did, that's oh, a hard that, one to beat. That, that part the beginning off. Oh, that, that's yeah. phenomenal. That's just a that's just a banger of a song. Right. <laughs> but like, right. I mean, well, I, that song is great in a lot of different contexts. But yeah, I mean, I agree. It's probably a better song. But I just for me, I for me, like Real American makes me feel like I'm six years old again. Like it just puts me right in that spot. Yeah, most, you know, most, 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 people, most people would agree uh, with that with that sentiment. Um, Real America definitely top five thing though. Definitely. But you know, I think that I think that if there if there's fifty podcasts out there right now making this doing this exact same thing, I feel like Hulk Hogan is is in the top four in some of them. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's, I, he's on the Mount Rushmore of some, I would say yeah. most, I would say. Yeah. Doesn't seem like uh, doesn't seem like you're that popular here at missing the point there, Hulkster. But nope. uh here we are. Um okay, number nine, Mike, you're up. With uh, number nine. two vetoes left, right? Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or no, Ray was not able to use his veto. So I think you still have three, Ray. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 So me and Mike have two. Ray has three. Just checking in now that we've done this. Should, the, should, should we recap the 15 through 10? Yeah, totally. So 15, uh, Fritz von Eric. Um, 14, Triple H. 13, John Cena. 12, Dusty Rhodes. 11, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And 10, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Mike, please do the honors of telling us our possible number nine. I have The Undertaker. Uh, wow, that's low. Wow, wow, that's fucking one. low. Wow. So, Damn. Uh, so I, I really thought I was going to skate through not using a fucking veto for a while. That's crazy low. Okay, I'm go trying, ahead. I'm trying, I'm trying to get rid of your vetoes before we get to the top three. Um, <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I think, so, so The Undertaker... Uh, in, in the context of what he did for WWE, I mean, his career from 1990 through his last match in 2020, I think that's, a, that's another guy that changed with the times. He knew when his character was getting stale. He was, uh, he was a guy that early in his career wasn't known for having banger wrestling matches. He was more stoic, very slow. But then when he would move quickly, like you, you, would, catch, uh, you would catch on, you would notice. Um, the reason why he's, He's number nine, and he's not any higher in my list, is because I do think that for it, it wasn't until we got to let's say WrestleMania twenty four, in my opinion, that he became an actual uh, draw for WrestleMania because of the of the streak. I think that too many of us, myself included, took him for granted for as long as he was there because when he was the guy, like he was never the guy for a sustained amount of time. Uh, we're uh, having the belt. Yeah, I thought his, but I, I loved, I loved the thing that he did when he went from the Ministry of Darkness character and then came back as the American badass because that's, that's ballsy. That is, talk about two polar opposite characters. He still managed to, uh, to stay in, you know, in, in the top of the, uh, of the, of, of the crowd there. But I don't think in, 
in any era, I don't think the era that, he, that he was the number one guy in any of the eras that he was in. But he was the locker room leader. And as, a, as everyone would say, like he was the, con- like JR is famous for saying the conscience of the WWE. Like that's what he was. And he, he was a star maker. He would help, he would help put guys over. Uh, but his matches, if you think about, everyone's going to say like his matches with Sean, his matches with Punk, his matches with Triple H, his matches with uh, uh, Batista. And Batista is the only one on that list that ma- had mania that I, I would argue that Taker carried. And it was a it was a five star match. So uh, even, Ray, you want to you go first on this one? What, what, what about Edge? Uh, Edge carried that. Even so, so at twenty four, then it, when they followed up at SummerSlam too. Yeah, I, I mean, um, he's he's higher on on my list than than, than nine. Um, so I guess this this could be my first veto, right? This yeah, fun, but, if you were then Ray um, would DK veto it. I wasn't gonna, to be honest with you. I mean, it hurt, I had, it hurt I had, to have him this low, but I, 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 I want, I want to spare. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, you, you named, once again, thirty years of greatness. Um, uh, yeah, I agree to an extent that you know there was some matches early on. I mean, granted, that's on Vince because what the fuck? Why are you putting him with Giant Gonzalez in a match? Oh, oh, that, oh God, that 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 was terrible. Or Kong Bundy. Yes. Um, what was the one at 15? Was that him and Boss Man? Boss Man, yeah. Yeah, that was bad, but I'm like, um, you know, I, I think about the uh, you know, the matches he had with Kane at Bania. I think about um, you know, the highway that hell match for him and Stone Cold. Like, so I mean, there, there's plenty of things that come to mind with that. Um, I love the big evil ever as well. Um, yep. I'll, I'll make you famous. So yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I just think to me, he he warrants being in the top five because of the impact. Um, you know, which you and I have talked about on our previous show. Uh, so you know, you, you can go back and listen to that. But yeah, he, he's 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 top five because of the impact alone. Um, whether he was carried in matches or not, like just um, everyone viewed him as the standard. Whether he was the top guy or not, um, that, that that's how I view him. <clears throat> so yeah, who, I mean, so who are you putting it? Who are you putting at number nine? Uh, hold on. My mic. I I had it and then then went off my phone. Um, huh. I had I had Jericho there. I, I you know I the guy the guy that was um he didn't make my list. He's been in. Me uh, you said say it again. He didn't make my list, which Me means I, I would that I would make his. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Well, that's I mean that's crazy that he didn't make the list for either one. That's wild. Um, yeah, I mean Jericho to me. Um, you want you want to talk about Mike work? Talk about his his matches as well. Um, with Eddie Guerrero and WCW. Um, first undisputed champion. I know that that doesn't get looked at as much because of what happened that night. But um, yeah, I mean I, to me what Jericho's done in, in all different companies he's been in. Um, he's been if not at the top, but definitely near 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 the top. And every promotion he's been in, so um, you know, and like I said, between his mic work, what he's done, um, and every every uh, and every promotion, I, th- I think he warrants being at that spot. Personal, man, I might have to veto Ray. Hold on a second, let me think about this. <laughs> so, I on the Undertaker, um, I that's crazy low to me. I had him much much higher. Um, 
a lot of the reasons Ray said, but also like one of the categories that we sort of discussed for the criteria of of this list is is great matches. And I just think his resume of great matches is crazy. And I think to say, you know, I, I, like I'll give you Sean, like Sean's probably his best match, right? Like I think we can sort of agree on that. And I think we've discussed that before. And I think that, that a lot of that is Sean, but also like the, the stylistic matchup of the two men, the size, the, the, the yeah. abilities, like, the, you know, the, they, I think he brought the best out of a lot of guys, but I think that, like, I, I think that, yeah, maybe they're, they're the guys, they're the stars, but he's such a worker and the longevity. I mean, this, forget the streak. Like, that is what it is. Like, that's just a, that's a thing that's made up. I, I just think as far as like, you know, like, I, I genuinely think they were like, you know, we, he's, he's won a few of these in a row. We should just keep doing that and like make it a thing. Yep. And like, I just, I just, it's just kind of like, all right. But, I, you know, no, no, I don't want to be too heavily influenced by the fact that he sort, it sort of still feels pretty recent that he, he retired. But I mean, the longevity, like you said, the, the, the way he held the, the company together in, in very, very tough times, like it, your whole list of the reasons why he's on your list makes it seem to me like he should be higher. So I'm glad he was vetoed uh, at, at number nine. It, uh, Jericho wasn't on my list. I, I've never liked him. Um, I agree that he has good mic <laughs> skills. I think that he's still doing great work um uh you know in in the in the promotion that he's in now but i think that i think that i'm no i'm not gonna veto him i have to save it to the top i know mike is gonna be in a knife fight with me at the very top of this list so i have to save my vetoes i don't think it's a big deal to have chris jericho at number nine i didn't have him there but uh we're now all down to two vetoes and number nine is officially chris jericho so number eight is is you ray um go on with the nature boy rick flair Jesus fucking Christ. That's pretty low. <laughs> For hate? That's pretty low. I mean, you just had to take it low, so don't miss, miss me with that. Um, <laughs> so, so, let's, 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 let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> fucking low, though. Once again, love, love the... You guys are killing the, my top five right now. Love, love the mic skills. Um... Once again, the, the matches didn't do it for me. Once again, he has some, some great rivalries, obviously. Um, but the matches for me didn't, it didn't like, I wasn't like, oh my God. Um, what about the Dusty Road stuff we talked about already? No, I'm saying, I know I'm saying that. I'm saying that. That's the only rivalry. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. But I'm like, it has Ricky to Steamboat? Be... Say it again? Ricky Steamboat? I'm, yeah, okay. So there's, there's two that come to mind. Great. But I'm like, for me, but I'm like, to me, yeah, it's, I remember the promos more than anything else. The promos to me became legendary, which is fine. Um, but I'm like, that, that to me, Put, put some of that. That's why he's not as high or higher um, on, 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 on the list there. Um, but he did inspire a generation. That's why I put him at, at, that, at that list, um, at that number. Um, so I, I, I gave credit where it was due, but that's why he wasn't a little bit higher on the list. Mike, what do you got to say about that? I, Low for wait, me. I, th- I think you're up. No, I'm just saying to, to react to his to react. Yeah, go, go ahead, veto. Go ahead, veto. You don't have to veto it. Yeah, I'm not going to veto it. Uh, what? I, I can't afford it. I'm not going to veto it. I can't afford it. Um, but I, I just think my shit's going to be controversial over the next few picks. So <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to hear your opinion on it. Like for me, I, you know, we just talked about his rivalry with Dusty Rose and why it's like one of the best ever, uh, and Ricky both. yeah, and but Harley I mean, him and, du- but him and Dusty are going to be, are both going to be in the top 15, you know, there's two guys on the top 15. So it's like, that's obviously got to be a great rivalry. Uh, the one, the one drawback i don't know if 
I'm that concerned about this, but I think the one criticism that a lot of people do level at Rick is all the blading stuff. Like, I think that he was a little, uh, he, he might have worked a little bloody. Um, and it, but I, I mean, he would just, he brought it so hard. Like, if we're, if we're doing the categories of rivalries, he's up there. If we're doing the category of Mike skills, he's up there. If we're maybe number one, if we're doing category of showmanship, he's up there. Technical ability, he's up there. Like he's got all the things. So I, it's hard for me to. It's, maybe I will be to this. I don't know. What do you think, Lee? Eight, eight is low. Eight is low. It's fucking really low. He he is a sixteen-time world heavyweight champion. He was the guy at, that went into every other territory as the champion, as the heel that people paid to see lose, and he fucking never lost. And he made every other face better. Like he would get zero offense in in a match, and he and, and he would and he would just sneak away with the victory. Like the the four horsemen. Talk about that he was the leader of one of the most iconic factions in professional wrestling. Without the four horsemen, there is no NWO. There is no Evolution, which he was also in, by the way. There's no Degeneration X. His impact on the business. I mean, I would I would argue he's your number eight. That seven, your next seven were all influenced or impacted by Ric Flair. So that's definitely true of my list for sure, uh, with one exception. But yeah, it's mostly true of my list for sure. Yeah, Brett wasn't influenced by Ric Flair at all. I'd, um, but DK, it's you. Like, what are we gonna do? God, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'll use a veto. I'll use a veto for this. I will just just. Just because I I can't I can't stomach him being this low on the list, and I think Absolutely. if I look back, I mean it's I that I'm probably sacrificing Bret Hart's position on this list by using this veto right now, knowing a couple of other ones that I have. I personally had Rick at four, which I thought was low, to be honest, going into it. Um, so I'm gonna veto for all the reasons we just discussed, and I might shock you guys with this one, but it might be a good move. I'm going to put Mick Foley at number eight. Oh, my. Okay. I'm going to put I mean, Mick Foley he's on, at number he's on, eight. He's on, my, he's on my list. He's, he's, on, he's on my list. Okay. I, I like um, that. I think that as far as people that sacrificed for the company, uh, I think he's number one on that list. Sacrificed his body. Sacrificed his longevity. Sacrificed his stomach. Um some of my favorite characters that have ever have ever been invented. The bravery to get as fucking weird as he got with some of the character choices that he made that that were so heavily influenced a lot of a lot of other people in that era. Um, I was always when I was about five, I think, or six years old was when Gold Dust hit the scene. And I always thought he was the strangest motherfucker of all time. And I mean, obviously, that was sort of the point. And he used to actually freak me out as like a six year old. Like I wasn't able to like actually do any of like I wasn't really able to watch him because he because he freaked me out so hard. Can you guys hear my dog barking? Is that like messing up my audio? Hold on a second. No. One second. The dog, the dog probably agrees. Slayer date. What the hell's wrong with you? Um. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that I think Mick Foley is is my choice for for all those reasons. I I loved getting freaked out by characters. I loved I loved that era um, of of like that kind of sick, disturbed character that that he that he put forth. And uh, I mean, say what you will, you can criticize The Rock if you want for for some of the ways that he beat that poor man's ass. But 
Um, and it might have been a little too much. And I think even McFoley says that that match was a little bit too much. But that was one of the most entertaining nights of my entire life. So uh, I just think for, you know, what he did for the company, I think that nobody ever should try to emulate his career ever uh, from, from this point forward for, for safety reasons. But uh, that man was honestly closer to Evil Knievel than he was uh, to, to Hulk Hogan. So I think just for his singularness, his singularity, his, 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 the fact that you can't name any other wrestlers really like him, um, the wonderful characters that he played and the, the amazing stunts that he did. Uh, probably if we were making a stunts list, I would probably put his, his fall as number one. Uh, most impressive <laughs> where you didn't fucking die. So I, uh, I, yeah, McFoley, number seven for me. Or number eight, I mean. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to veto that. I think um, Foley Did you have him on your list? No, at all. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think um, from a, for a guy that, uh, that put, you know, uh, Japanese death matches on the map when it wasn't a thing that people knew about here in the States, mm -hmm. uh, his, his evolution from Cactus Jack to... Uh, to Mick Foley, to Mankind, to Dude Love. Oh, yeah. Just so we're clear, right? I'm not putting the Mick Foley character. Like, I'm putting the wrestler and all his characters yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, yeah. No. But, okay, cool. I mean, one of the only guys, the only guy to enter the Royal Rumble three times. <laughs> the same one. My favorite <laughs> characters. Uh, and I think if you look for, from his body of work from, like, 1990 to uh, 2004, you know, he, he was off from uh, 2000. Uh, to 2004, but when he came back and had that match against Randy Orton in Backlash in 04, I mean, yeah. he he was a star maker. He made Triple H, he made Randy Orton, he made Shawn Michaels in 1996 when Shawn was being considered as just a baby face that couldn't do anything. Like that that match of Mind Games, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. It was uh, it was incredible. So yeah, I, I, I'm okay. I am perfectly fine with that. Foley at number eight. I mean, Jesus, Mike, the man's basically crippled now. He doesn't even make your top 15. Like the, amount, the amount he's put in the line for this for this oh, company. No. Um, he's probably the worst athlete on our list. Uh, but I think, you know, with just an incredibly high tolerance for pain and uh, wonderful character work, he's able to, to climb up these rankings. So there you are, number eight with a bullet, Mick Foley. That goes to me then for number seven. God, I feel yeah, like and, you have, and you have one veto left, by the way. Yes, I'm aware. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if I should do gamesmanship now in order to don't, try to get your veto or if i should just tell you who my next guy is but i think by just telling you who my next guy is it might work out for me either way at number seven i'm going to put uh my number seven was mick foley um and my number eight was already was rowdy rowdy piper so he was already on the list so i i chose my number seven for number eight and now i'm going to choose my number six for number seven and that's stone called steve austin um i think it's yeah, I figured you guys were going to say he was a little bit low. I, I, I think that, again, I, you know, my top five, I, I just couldn't justify this is I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about Stone Cold. I, I'm, I just couldn't justify him being above anybody in my top five. Like these were just I just I, I went through all the reasons I, I had him at two to start. And as <laughs> I started to add names to the list, he just got bumped down further and further. And here he is at number six. I think that if you say the words attitude era to me, I think that man's face pops into my head. I think that's true of every single other human being that's ever watched uh, the, the, the sport. I think that he uh, played a very unique everyman character that, that touched the hearts and minds of 13-year-olds of all around the world, us included. 
Um, I think he's probably your buddy's favorite wrestler. Um, I think he's he might be yours. I think that he had uh, uh, his distinctive gravelly voice, his mic skills, his his outfit for for that Stone Cold character that really shouldn't have worked, and and for some reason did. Um, you know, like I I don't know. Maybe if he walks out in twenty twenty three, like everyone's like, who's this gay biker? Um, but for some reason in, in 2000, it, it just, you know, it just blew all our asses off. And I think that, uh, like amazing intro song, you know, like I think some of the, if he, if he doesn't have my favorite intro song, he probably has my top three favorite moments of surprise introductions to a specific match. Like when, when that, when that, uh, glass breaking hits in certain moments in the history of, of the company. I think those are some of the great, uh, the great works of, of all time he's involved in. Um, and, you, you know, he, d- he does a great job. I mean, he, he did a great job for the company. And I think that the, probably the most successful era of all time he's the face of. He's six for me just because everybody else. I'm not going to say anything negative about him. Yeah, I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin um, at number seven is real fucking low. Because uh, if you yeah. think about b- before he turned into the rattlesnake, you know, when he was stunning Steve Austin in WCW with uh, Flying Brian Pillman, and, and they were the Hollywood Blondes, right? And, and they had a great tag team run. And then he has one of the best matches of uh, Ricky Steamboat's later career uh, for the U.S. title uh, in, in WCW. He goes and he literally captivates ECW, and uh, they like Paul Heyman created Stone Cold right there, right then and there. Um, and then the run that he had in 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 wwe in a time when yeah it it was like their backs were up against the wall like if if austin doesn't cut that promo on on jake at king of the ring 1996 i don't know what we're here talking about like I, obviously we'll, we'll talk about you know, professional wrestling but i don't think i don't, I don't know the wwe is is the one that wins um and the the business was never better than than from you know ninety ninety eight through two thousand and two, which was also when he was at his peak. You think about the matches that he had, right? At thirteen, obviously Brett, fourteen uh, with a broken down, drug addicted Shawn Michaels, uh, fifteen The Rock, seventeen The Rock, eighteen Scott Hall, nineteen The Rock, and then uh, in twenty twenty two against Kevin Owens, and he came out and. Uh, and 80,000 people were still losing their freaking mind. Uh, Ray was one of them when that music hit. Uh, Sounds like Ray, you want to veto. Ray, are you going to veto this if I don't? Stop doing that. Just fucking veto. Oh, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm, I'm like, does someone else want to do this? Regardless of your decision, that fuck that. I was vetoing. Like, uh, <laughs> stone, stone cold. Well, I'm, not, I'm not touching it then. Yeah, no why'd way. You, why'd you give him that? You just <laughs> let him keep his second veto. What? Trust me. He, he, he'll he'll, he'll I mean, need it. He'll fold at some point. He'll fold. He'll fold. All right. Yeah. Well, go so ahead and veto it, yeah, so right? Tell me, tell me all about it. Again, I mean, I'm not saying anything. No, I, I mean, everything I mean, you're saying. Mike, Mike, Mike said it all. Mike said it all uh, about what, I mean, once again, I, I did, like, he, he was our childhood. Like, that, I mean, right. that, I mean there's, no other, there's no other thing to add to that. Like, he, he literally was our childhood. He's, he's like, he's the first guy you think of, like, you mentioned DK. Um, and once again, it, the first WrestleMania I watched, was 14 when he won the world championship. Like, I, I just, that's forever stuck in my mind. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I think about when he, you know, had, had the, had the Miller Lite truck and he's, he's spraying everybody in the ring. 
and he, he jumps over. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, there's just so many moments I can think of. Um, he, he, he has to be higher than that. So, um, who are you putting in? Say again? Who are you putting in instead? Number seven. Let's see. Uh, um, <laughs> Ray is so fucking quick draw with the vetoes, and he's he's always like, fuck that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like, 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 I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I actually, I put, I put the rock there. That's why it is number seven. Yeah, I put the rock there and I'm seven. So, okay. Well, let's talk to me about the rock. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> once again, it's, I mean, someone who kind of came in, you know, you know <laughs> fans weren't fucking with, but then, you know, um, you know, got, got saved with, by getting put in the nation and domination, uh, which is one of the best factions of all time. Uh, they deserve to be in Hall of Fame at some point. Um, all of them, I should say. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he goes on a great run. You talk about mic work. He, he's top three on, on the mic. Um, gave us, gave us great matches as well. Uh, and yeah, I mean, once again, I mean, shoot, the man comes back <laughs> the, the other night and still, <laughs> it's, it's still, it still is a huge ass draw. So. That was great. That was great. I love yeah, that. That was awesome. Yeah, really so, um, yeah. So, I mean, I just think that from what he's been able to do. Um, I said on the mic, you think about the matches with Stone Cold, the matches with Triple H, um, the Rocket Sock connection. Um, you know, yeah, he, he's 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 uh, he's perfect at that spot, for, for, in my opinion. I also should think the that... Rock should the Rock sit at the head of the table? No, you should sit at number seven on our list. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess that's just the way it is. I, I think oh, one of the one one of one of the things for the Rock though, that that hurts him in the sense that he can't go much higher than this is because his time in the business wasn't that long, yeah. right? Like he was ninety six. Full time, ninety six through two thousand and one, and that's when he started breaking into Hollywood. But from ninety seven, I mean that rise is so incredibly fast. Though, yeah. like yeah. he goes yeah. from he goes from relative unknown to the biggest star in that you know we've seen in, in a decade in in that yep. era uh, in it's, no flat. Like you think about the fact that the Attitude Era in nineteen ninety eight, or we'll just say like nineteen ninety nine, uh, that was Austin's era, but The Rock was right there. Like those two were like. Uh, honestly wanted to be number one, not 1A and not 1B, like the guy. And I think when you, when you look back at the matches, yeah, uh, The Rock was made by, by Mick Foley too, um, another guy. But I mean, he had great matches with Triple H. Uh, his last, uh, his I Quit match or Iron Man match, and, uh, I think that was, was that Backlash or Judgment Day? Backlash 2001, or no, sorry, 2000 when Taker came back as the American Badass. Like that was incredible, and uh, I think what puts him in the top ten for me, though, because if it wasn't for him coming back in 2011, that run through tw from 2011 through 2013 cemented it for me. Because after being away for seven years, he comes back and has a banger of a tag team match with Cena against the Miz and R Truth and MSG, and then has the highest grossing WrestleMania. Uh, in Miami that year, uh, of, of, like to date, um, that was he's he's and he he can still do it. He can still talk about anything, anything. Um, does that put me at number six? That puts the your choice is you're up. You can do you pick number six. The Rock is officially at number seven. Perfect. Uh, number six is the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm glad he uh, made it. Jesus Christ, I was starting to get worried. Randy Savage was, I mean, that guy was uh, in, in the 80s before he was the world champion in WWF. 
he made the intercontinental belt uh, mean just as much as the world heavyweight belt. His feud with uh, uh, with Ricky Steamboat and what he used to call uh, Tito Santana, uh, uh, Chico Santana, his promos were hysterical. Um, the first guy to understand that as a heel, you need to like to have a baby face woman as Miss Elizabeth as his manager and be the heel that he was was like you never saw that before in wrestling. He was the first one to do that. His turn. Uh, when he won that that tournament and and uh, at WrestleMania four was excellent. Uh, the Mega Powers uh, colliding like that feud with Hogan was great, and he was the consummate guy in WWF up until he left in 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 ninety four, and then he reinvents himself in WCW and has a great run as, as Macho Man. Uh, I don't. I mean, listen. Uh, he this guy wasn't on our list, uh, obviously, but go back and watch. Oh, 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 is, is it uh, Spring Stampede against Diamond Dallas Page? He 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 put Diamond Dallas Page on the map. He's the reason that, that DDP became a, a world champion. Yeah, and, but and I, I mean, I, I think that I I was going to say like I had Macho Man at, at nine and I was going to say that the, and I'm happy to have him here. But I think that the one knock I was going to say on his career, because I think the guy is the total package like he's capable of having. You know, he's got a tech, technical masterclass on his resume against uh, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He's got giant events uh, and, and selling out arenas with Hulk Hogan for with, with promos on his list. Like, he, this is the guy who can do everything. He was an eight or a nine out of ten at everything, right? And I think that, to me, the one sort of depressing part about his career is how, how it wasn't the same once he went to do once he left. And I, it just, he doesn't have the same impact as a different character to me. Um, and I think that that's like sort of his one knock that like bumped him down the list a little bit for me. I mean, I, I had a similar thing to, uh, about The Rock. Like I had The Rock at number 11. I figured you guys were going to think that was low, but it's like that was what I was going to say. It's like it's that it's that small uh, sample size, you know, um, but. You know, I, I just think Macho Man Randy Savage is is so iconic and representative of of the sport and and the promotion in general. I think that. You know, every parody of a crazy, intense wrestler that's ever been done is essentially someone doing a Macho Man Randy Savage impression. <laughs> um, I think that he he was a good athlete, uh, great promoter, uh, and um, just he was I mean, he was a walking promo, but also just that character, I think, is is so important to the history of, of the sport. I, I can't argue with this placement. I'm glad he made it. I was starting to worry because I don't have a veto really left to get him in the list. So I'm, I'm glad that he's here. Um, so great. Uh, number six, unless Ray's going to be the, and he made the graduation song like cool. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, I, well, I think he, that was his talent, right? I think he could make anything cool. I think his intensity, yeah. uh, like they, how hard he just fucking went for it every single time. I mean, I don't know how the guy, you know, our, our, our esteemed colleague Ray is losing his voice. I don't know how Macho Man Randy Savage can speak, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that guy, <laughs> that dude's vocal cords have to be fucking shredded. So I love the guy. I'm glad he's on the list. I got none. I got none bad to say about him. Also, Ray? RIP. RIP. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Ray, anything? Ray, anything bad? You gonna veto oh, this? No, 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 no. Okay, lovely. Can you uh, recap? You're, you're up. It's uh, number five. TK. What? Sorry. Can Can you recap ten through six? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, number ten is Hulk Hogan. Number nine is Chris Jericho. Number eight is Mick Foley. 
Number seven is The Rock. Number six is the macho man, Randy Savage. Uh, Ray is up with the fifth pick. So I want to I want to preface this by saying this is this is a personal. Uh, I love that. Just not, it's not something that someone is going to think he's in the top five. Some maybe, um, but I'm I'm going with with the Viper, Randy Orton. Um, I think one no. of the smoothest performers, and and once again, once again that's, that's why I said personal. <laughs> it's not going to be a pick that people love, and that's that's fine. Um, but like I said, from his end ring work. Um, how how he made you feel in his story? I felt like he always had had you invested. Um, and once again, the mic work was wasn't always always great. Um, I think he just he just someone who always cared about more so doing uh great in ring in ring work. Excuse me. Um, but he's another guy that 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 was a top guy for for a long time, and um, I I just I've always enjoyed every feud that he was in, uh, regardless of the opponent. So um. You know, I, I had to pull that trump card there, so to speak, Dad. But once again, I, I, I expect that to get vetoed. That's fine. Um, but that's 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 what I had there. Mike, you have to veto this. You ha- well, it has to be you. <laughs> you're next. I can't. I'm not going to veto it. I literally can't afford it, but we can't. It, you have to veto this. I mean, I no disrespect to Randy Orton, honestly. I do think that Cena is sort of the reason we're ever even discussing him. But if I was to make a list you know past 15 he might be 20 or 21 for me i'm not saying he should be 50 it's not like a completely ludicrously outlander pick okay, so you're I, not I know so what, you're not gonna be the win. i can't i got one left okay. and i know you're okay. i know you're gonna try to fucking kill me okay. in the top three okay okay i veto it number five i think uh i think that brett was i think randy orton's great but uh in terms of the excellence of execution, uh, the guy that uh, in his 20-year career never actually hurt anybody. Everyone always left the ring uh, in the same shape that they went into. Uh, the biggest knock on Brett, in my opinion, is uh, his promo ability and th- that he took the business too seriously. But I do give him a lot of credit for in 1997 when he was a heel in the United States, but a babyface in Canada. <laughs> like, never in it before had that been done when he could just literally be the exact same character and get booed in one spot and re- and revered in another. I thought that the formation of the, of the heart foundation in 97 with him, Owen, Davy boy, Jim, like that was, and Pillman, like that was, that was incredible. Obviously his matches, uh, I think he made stone cold Steve Austin. Never put him over, but he made him, uh, he made, uh, he, <laughs> I think he was one of the he's he's one of the reasons why uh, Sean ascended as quickly as he did because Brett was the first WWF champion that did not look like every other WWF champion in history. Um, you can't have a top five without Brett the Hitman Hart, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna put him at number five. I can veto that, right? With my last veto, because no, I don't think you I don't think you can. No, I can't because you vetoed Reigns, so I can still veto yours. You went, and then I went. Did you give up your turn? Well, it's not. It wouldn't be my turn. It's like you can use the veto whenever, but as long as you're okay. not, as long as you didn't get vetoed, I is how I was interpreting it. If you think it'll wreck it, I won't do it. But well, I think I know what you're gonna do. So I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm not gonna put Shawn Michaels at number five out of spite. I'm not gonna do that. That is, I, I don't think. I think that for the integrity of the list, I don't think that makes sense. I, I, I don't think either of these guys deserve to be at number five. 
I think Ray can't veto you. I still have a veto. I'm going to use the veto, and I'm, I'm in, and we'll talk about Brett. Or I'll talk about Brett when you know he inevitably comes up in a more deserving place. And I'm going to put at number five. This is going to make you guys mad. I'm going to put at number five, Andre the Giant. <laughs> Here's why. I think that there's no, there's for me, there's no blueprint for Brock Lesnar, Big Show, Taker to a certain extent. Unless you have Andre the Giant. I think that if you have... I, 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 maybe I'm over-influenced by the like level of icon that these guys are. Um, but I think that the pure out-of-this-world size of him, the, the, the match between him and Hogan and the amount of fans that that brought in, um, how iconic that is, and we discussed that already. Every single wrestler in the entire business has a story about how they watched... Andre the Giant drink 10,000 beers and like be fine. Um, I think that he had an underrated showmanship uh, just based on sort of the size. I love his story. Um, I love his character and his like his outfit just just being uh, basically I mean, Big Show just went on to just completely fucking rip him off like 100 percent. And I think that just for the context of the list, I don't think his era has been accurately represented. Um, or fairly represented. So I, I didn't want to put him as high as, as this, but this is the situation that Mike has forced me into. So I have Andre the Giant at number five. And is so you, do your five. Your we all. Up. And that's my last beat too. And thanks a fucking bunch. But here we are. <laughs> um, I, I could see how exactly how the show was going to play out in my head. It's going pretty much according to plan, except for the, the first five I was a little surprised by, but here we are. Um, that puts, so whose turn is it now? It's my turn to put a number yeah. four. Oh Christ. My list is so fucked up now. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to put Ric Flair at number four. I'm going to put Ric Flair at number four for all the reasons that we discussed already. You guys are welcome to veto obviously, but the only reason again, I mean, I know I'm a broken record on this, but the only reason he's not higher is because my top three, I think are, are in my head an undisputed top three. Um, I love Ric Flair. I, I love his intensity. We had these, com this conversation already. I used a veto to make sure that he wasn't lower. Uh, but here we are. Ric Flair, number four, Mike. So I have one left and Ray has one left, right? Correct. I'm fine with Ric Flair being number four. I <laughs> think, you know, you got, you have me going there for a second. You fucker. <laughs> Uh, uh Ray? Yeah, no, too too soon. I I'll I'll concede. Rick Rick Flair four. Fine. Okay, great. Uh we you know, not to we're not yada yadaing over Rick Flair. If you want to hear our opinions on Rick Flair, just rewind to when Mike and I were absolutely clutching our pearls at Ray's selection of him far too low down the list. Um number three, Mike, is your pick. Number three, I have Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh Stone Cold Steve Austin. For all the all the reasons that we mentioned before <clears throat> wrestling. Uh, like we talked about Hogan, wrestling would be different without him. Wrestling would be very, very different without Stone Cold. Uh, we, we would be talking about uh, the upcoming or uh, match at Starcade as opposed to uh, the, you know, the Royal Rumble and CM Punk coming back and all of that. Uh, I think he was the guy that, uh, that catapulted WWE from a family company to, a, uh, to an actual publicly traded organization. They did it off of his back. I, and he's an underrated worker. I mean, again, he, I had, that. He, had, he had great matches for, and, and his style, when he changed it to more of a brawler after he was dropped on his head, uh, you know, uh, by Owen, it, it still worked. And as a guy that was 
used to be a... And it shouldn't have. It really shouldn't have. Uh, it shouldn't have. Like, like, he, he, was, he, he was able he, to make it work. He was, a tech, he was a technician that turned into a brawler, so I'm going to put him in number, number, that's number three, right? Yes. Yeah. Ray, I don't have any vetoes left. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to use my final one. Fuck it. I'm going to use my, I'll use my final Want one. some higher. Yeah. Um, just, just, just a spot higher. I think this is going to be, this is a throwback uh, uh, person I'm going to put out there. Um, this guy wasn't a, was a draw in, in the seventies, well, sixties and seventies. Um, I'm going to go with Bruno San Martino. Um, you know, that's my life. Say again. I said, fuck my life. Yeah. Bruno San Martino. Hey, hey the, the guy he's was the number three wrestler of all time. And there's nothing we can do. Here the, we guy, are. the guy, the guy, and there's a, there's a people, there's people that listen to this and say, he should be number one on here. <laughs> it's fine. But I'm like, the, the man was champ for a million days. Um, you want to talk about the original draw? I mean, I know it, obviously we, we know where Andre the Giant became and uh, Hulk Hogan, but Bruno Sammartino was the original guy that people was coming to see and was watching on TV on Saturday mornings. You know, with, with um, in front of the TV, he he, he was the guy. So, um, you know, he he made Vince's father a lot of money back then. So, um, I think just because of the draw that he was, um, and going around from territory to territory, he he, he was the man at, at his time, and I think he deserves to be at that at that spot. Yeah, I mean, what was it four thousand and forty days um, as a champion? Um, I, an enigma, I think, of the sport, and of and uh, the reason everyone's going to say we have the most hipster list uh, in the history of uh, top fifteen rankings. But I kind of like it, honestly. I think it's going to really fuck up the next two. Um, but yeah, I just love I I just love that DK like you pick number one, right? Yeah, but you can veto my number. Right, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Okay. So Ray, Ray's number two now. You know what's fucking crazy, though? Is that, like, the, the, fucking the way that we backed ourselves into this. No, Austin's not on the list. Stone Cold, not on the fucking list. But Stone Cold, Taker, Brett, and Sean are the four pretty much guys that are left. And there's two spots. So... All right, Ray. Pick no, I'm, I'm picking two. No, so, no, so, Stone Cold number two for me then. Okay, great. Yeah, Stone Cold number two. So, and once again, we don't have to get into that. We know why. Yeah, yep. So he's number two. So, yep. Um, I will. I will. By the way, mention that you 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 can't end with vetoes. You got to use your. No, no. He's, he's, he's out. He's out. He's out of vetoes. Yeah, I'm the only one with the veto left. Okay, great. All right, fine. Um, okay, fair enough. Stone Cold's at number two. We've talked about him. Yeah. Uh, I pick number one. Yeah. And I'm going to pick uh, Shawn Michaels at number one. Oh, Mike, you have to use your last you. veto. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. You got to veto Shawn Michaels, friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I know... I know you just you just added that you can't end with vetoes thing. By the way, before you I know that's that. in the chat. Go look, it's in the chat. I just wanted to remind you. Does it say but... edited? <laughs> I hope it doesn't. But if it did, it's because I edited something else. But listen, no, it does not say that. It does not say it. Well, I meant to say it, and here <laughs> we are. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal. I'll make you. I'll make you a solid deal. I'll give you back just for the integrity of the list. Just for the integrity of the list here. I'm willing to 
cancel out Andre at number five. Okay. We can put Brett back on the list at number five. I'm, I'm willing to concede it. It's, I can't have him not on the list, right? That this is the situation we've gotten ourselves into. I cannot have him not on the list. It looks like either Shawn Michaels or Undertaker is not going to be on the fucking list now, which is fine. But I can't have Brett not on the list. I agree with you that there's, there's a, like in the context of what we've been saying, there, there is a Mike Skills issue at times. I do think that Brett the Hitman Hart is, re- is the reason why 33% of wrestling fans exist because of his influence in the Canadian provinces. I think that he was the most efficient technical wrestler of all time. I think the Hart Foundation and the Hart family are one of the most important families in the history of wrestling alongside the Von Erichs, the, the McMahons uh, you know, of the world, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that unceremonious uh, leaving of the promotion aside, I think you guys, you know, I, I don't want to believe this, but I do, after talking to you guys for years now about wrestling, I do sort of agree that if Brett could do it over, and I don't think he'll ever admit this, I think he'll take this to his fucking grave, but I think that if he could do it over, I think he would have been a little bit more a little bit more malleable and a little bit less rigid about how he was um, a, a champion. I think he, I, I think less that he thought winning was important in, in the, in these works and more that the, the things, the accolades that he wanted his character to have were the same as a Bruno Sammartino or a, or a, a taker or whatever, you know, he wanted to have the hitman be a positive influence uh, and always uh, face a, a pure face and never uh, put himself in a position where he he couldn't sort of take that character and put him put him next to a lot of belts and accolades. I think that was just part of the character. Um, I don't agree that he like thought it was super important to win and like he just didn't like to lose and he didn't like to put people over. I just think he wanted to be sort of untouchable as a character. But I do think he was a little too rigid. I think that he did harm his legacy by by being rigid i think he i don't think brett screwed brett i'm not there yet and i don't think i ever will be but because i think vince mcmahon is a horrific piece of shit for what he did (laughs) but uh it's cool as fuck that he punched the fuck out of him and i love brett the hitman heart and i'm willing to again for the sanctity of the list just put him at number five instead and you can put Shawn michaels at number one deal which means that Undertaker is not on our list, <laughs> which that's that's fuck that's crazy. It's crazy, but you wanted to put Bruno San Martini at number San Martini at number three. So can, here we are. But can can we at least talk about Sean? Can we? Please, please. Shawn Michaels, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. Only because my number my number two is Ric Flair. My number three is Kurt Angle, and those two people have said that Shawn Michaels is the greatest of all time. I, I I challenge you to go back and to look for a Shawn Michaels match that wasn't that wasn't great ever. That wasn't great. I mean, he made early in his career uh, with the Rockers. Uh, he had great match. Obviously, Janetti was a great worker, uh, but they had great matches. Obviously, with bigger guys, the Hart Foundation match, uh, rivalry was also great. I wish that the middle rope wouldn't have broken because then they would have actually been world tag team champions and never won it. For him to turn on Janetti and the way that he did it, uh, I thought it was great. Again, him and Sherry with Sherry horrifically singing that that theme song was hysterical. His ascension, uh, you know, winning the 95 Royal Rumble and the 96 Royal Rumble back to back, 
Uh, I thought it was great. Um, but if for no other reason, he, he had to retire. Uh, whether you want to believe it or not, I, I truly believe that he has a metal rod in his back and he had a herniated disc and had to step away for four years. His first match back without any rehearsal against, uh, against uh, Triple H at SummerSlam 02. And uh, Ray even said this, his run from 02 to 2010 might be better than his run in the 90s. And he was working with guys like Chris Masters, uh, uh, Mark Henry, and he had great matches with them. This was before Mark Henry was over and he was still finding his way. I, I just think that if you look at every single WrestleMania match that, that Sean was in in his entire career, you can't find a bad one, which is why they call him Mr. WrestleMania. And at a time when everyone was booing Cena and saying that he couldn't work, Sean put, uh, had him in a match at, at Ford Field in 2007, and nobody questioned whether Cena could wrestle again after that. And then they went an hour in London on Raw. Yeah. I think um, I think there's a lot a lot to like about Shawn Michaels. I think that what we learned from making this list is that there is a thing you can bring up to knock almost anybody, if not everybody, um, that was possibly going to be on this list. I don't think anybody's perfect, which is sort of the charm of of, of the whole uh, endeavor. Anyway, I think if you were going to say one thing, and I will say some nice things about Shawn, but I think if you're going to say one thing that wasn't a knock on Shawn, it's not that break for me. It's it's what Brett says about him. It's it's the fact that he was young and irresponsible and made a lot of really dumb decisions behind the scenes that I think harmed him and I think harmed the promotion. I don't think that it's enough to take him out of the top three. He was in my top three. Um, but I, in saying that, I think a lot of people make mistakes when they're young. I think he's come a long way. Um, I think he's the best high flyer in the history of sports entertainment. I think that he is incredibly impressive for for uh wrestling uh, post being told by doctors that he would never fucking walk again never mind wrestle <laughs> um i think that he is probably my favorite heel of all time in the sense that he made me hate him he made me really really hate him and that's was the point <laughs> like it worked um to the point where i didn't even realize that i was getting worked you know and and uh i think that there is a there's a special place in my heart for when that guitar starts to rip off and he enters a match. And honestly, I never thought about it like that before. When you when you just said that, I, I challenge you to go back and find a Shawn Michaels match. That's not a good match. And I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. And I believe you. I don't think I, I'm going to be able to go back and look and see a match that's bad. And I think that, you know, something we didn't hit on a ton in this podcast but I think is really, really important to remember you're defined by your matches. You know, I mean, you can be really good on the mic, which he was. You can be really good uh, doing promos, which he was. You can make great characters. You can do great heel turns. Um, but I think if you if you ask me, put a gun in my hand and ask me to name my top five matches, I, I would think Shawn Michaels is probably featuring in three of them. So I think that it's difficult to argue that he's not one of the best, if not the best. So. There might be some people arguing with some points on this list, but I mean, Shawn Michaels has to be in your top three. Where, like, how, however you felt about him, I, I at least your top five, because and you know, depending on maybe your era, but I, I think that it was a very innocent and lovely time uh, for all of us as as the age we were when when Shawn came around. I get why he's your favorite guy. I really truly do. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm happy enough to have Shawn at number one here. Great, thank you, DK. Well, we did it, guys. We made a 
list of the top 15 wrestlers of all time, and The Undertaker is not on there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's the nature of the game. I mean, it gets cutthroat. I, I, at least we made it. We were in a position where potentially uh, Taker... Also, St- Sting's not on it. Sting's on it. No, Sting's not on it. You're right. You're right. That's crazy. Uh, can you guys both tell me what your top 15s were? Yeah, so you want me to go from 15 to 1 or 1 to 15? Yeah, go to go from 15 to 1. Uh, 15, Eddie Guerrero. 14, Triple H. 13, Dusty Rhodes. 12, Roddy Piper. 11, John Cena. 10, Sting. 9, Taker. 8, Hogan. 7, Rock. 6, Macho Man. 5, Brett. 4, Austin. 3, Angle. 2, Flair. 1, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid list. I think Taker is low on your list. Uh, at, least it, at least he's on it. No, he was on all of our lists. He just, <laughs> it, just got fucked up. She just got fucked up. That's the nature of the game. That's that's why we play the game. Um, I like your list. I do. I think you got looking. I was just looking at the side by sides of like who actually made what, and you did get a couple of key guys in the positions that you picked them or there thereabouts. So I think you played the game well. Um, yeah, there you go. Ray, tell us your fifteen to one if you can. Definitely had to change some guys on the fly who I had originally. So uh, Sting. Angle, Edge, McFoley, um, Randy Orton, Bret Hart, Hogan, Jericho, Flair, Hunter, Taker, Rock, Stone Cold, Michaels, and Cena was my number one. Whoa. Interesting. You had Ric Flair at 11 and Cena at one. Oh, I said I had Flair at seven. Oh, seven. Who was your, who was your 10? Brett. How was that? It was Brett. <laughs> And it was only only because of the mic stuff. Like I said, if we're talking just technical stuff, then he would have been. No, I mean everything's a factor, you know. Like the whole, I, I get it. I understand. I understand. I I know that people, you know, Brett. Brett's a hipster choice. I think is your favorite wrestler. To be honest with you, I think a lot of people respect him. Like you guys, like respect him and and enjoy a lot of a lot of his matches. But maybe wouldn't put him as a number one. I think that all fifteen guys we put on this list and some guys that we didn't would all be ninety nine overalls in in WWE, right? And and I think that for the most part we're sort of there thereabouts in agreement. I mean, I you know, Bruno San Martino wouldn't have been anywhere near my list. Uh I would have liked to see Sting on there. Devon Eric's probably wouldn't have been anywhere near your guys' list. Um and what was the one that you got? I mean I had can I'll I ask, tell you can, I, can I ask you a question? I hope yeah. that I'd hope that this doesn't sound like a like an asshole. I'm not trying to to, to swerve you here. Without Iron Claw, is this a, are the Von Erics on your list? No, 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 no way. No, really? I, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think that, I mean, I watched the movie, I loved the movie, and it made me, uh, go read up on, on the family. And, and I, I knew who they were. Um, and I, you know, I was aware of the story and I knew I probably could have told you which ones were dead and which ones are still alive because most of them are dead. Um, but I, and I knew like a lot about the sadness of the, of the story in the first place, but I think that what, and the movie doesn't really even sort of try to tell you this. It's like the movie's sort of more. Have you guys seen it yet? I don't want to spoil anything. No, no. Um, the movie's sort I of. Zach Efron was phenomenal in it, though. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really good in it. And uh, and I, but I think the movie sort of doesn't really try to make a case for for Fritz von Erich being like an all time wrestling great. I think it tries to make a case for him being a, a piece of shit. And I think that he probably was a piece of shit um, to his kids to a certain degree. And I think that I think that he probably should have been maybe a little nicer. Um, what I liked about it is it's a very similar story to the Hart family, you know, like, and, and the fact that these guys have that the fact that these wrestling families families exist, I think, is really really cool. Uh, and I think that 
he did have a huge impact on the on the uh, the sport and the world of sports and entertainment in general. I think it's provable. But um, no, he he wouldn't have been on my list if it wasn't for Iron Claw. But I mean, I think it's good to talk about him. You know, I think it's there's there's a lot of stories out yeah. there about him, and I think he's he's interesting to go look. So if anyone's listening to this and they haven't seen a movie yet or they want to learn about him, but um, my number fifteen was Fritz von Erich or the von Erich family. Uh, number fourteen was Sting. Thirteen was Cena. 12 was Dusty Rhodes. 11 was The Rock. I didn't get a chance to say that out loud. I'm sure that would have made you guys mad. Uh, 10 was Hulk Hogan. Uh, 9 was Macho Man Randy Savage. 8 was Rowdy Roddy Piper. 7 was Mick Foley. 6 was Stone Cold Steve Austin. 5 was Andre the Giant. 4 was Ric Flair. 3 was Sean. 2 was Taker. And 1 was Brett. So, yeah. I, I thought, you know, what, what did you think I was going to put Sean at? Just curious. I, I thought you were putting him at uh, five. I figured three. Okay. That seems fair. I honestly, you know, I probably, if I was going to do the list again, I'd probably put Taker at three and Sean at two. Because I like the idea of one and two in whatever order being Brett and Sean. <laughs> to be honest, because this is my favorite <laughs> rivalry in the history of the... Because that's the thing. I think that's, that's what I've learned doing these shows with you guys is that like, Shawn Michaels worked on me. Like, that's what that's why I didn't like Shawn Michaels is because he was so effective as the man that he was and the character that he was like it worked. So and, you know, for for as far as what's real and what's not as 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 far as like, you know, oh, I didn't know, you know, that that stuff was really what made me just put a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know about the screw job. That's like, yeah, you fucking did, dude. Like that stuff, that stuff just always le left a bitter taste in my mouth. But like now. And the kind of man that he seems to have become, and and I'm really all about redemption stories and second chances, and it seems genuinely real that he's uh he's the man who he says he is now. Um, and I I, I mean, think he has a lot of regrets, but Brett I, believes it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but and but like, look at the man Brett is now. I, as far as I can tell, he's still real twisted up and bitter about a lot of things, and I think that that's that's sad to me, you know, because I think yeah. he's an all timer, and I think he should he should just leave that stuff somewhere, you know, he should just let it go. It's very un-Canadian of him. But anyway, uh, here we are. I think the one giant flaw is obviously taken up being on the list, but that was just game <laughs> shit. Um, but I think overall, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I think it could have been worse. <laughs> if, we, if we were really trying to be dicks to each other, it could have been a lot worse. So uh, thank you so much for having me on Kayfabe Critics, uh, brought to you by Missing the Point. Um, I'm DK Sizzle. Thank you to Hollywood Rayshon Buchanan and Michael Marcangelo. This has been Kayfabe Critics. Peace out. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. DC, I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. 
If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.